Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Amen. Well, uh, good to be with each and every one of you that are in the room this morning. And those of you that are online at our 1035 service, welcome to Renew Church Online. I'm glad that you guys are here as well. Let us know where you're watching from and who you're watching with as well. But uh, if you're glad to be here, can I hear you just for a minute? Can you give God some praise today? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm excited about today. We've already had a great first service this morning, and, and uh, God is in the midst. God is working in this. And, and just to give you a little bit of background on what's happened in the last week, it's, it's based on what's happened in the last 10 days. It's based on some of the things that have happened in our, in our country in the last couple, you know, in, in 10 or 11 days or so. But we had a, a sermon series that was starting this morning called Before and After, and it was all about relationships, and it will kick off, God willing, next weekend. Um, but uh, this, this weekend just felt like we needed to change things up a little bit in light of current circumstances, context, and current events, things that are happening in our our nation and just giving some freedom for God to do what he's going to do. And, and so honestly, though, it's not completely out of order as far as um, a message in a relationship series, because in the series, one of the things, one of the points that I want to make sure that we get is, is that you've got to, if you want to have a healthy relationship, you're going to need to pursue your spouse. You're going to need to pursue purity. That's the second week. And you also need to pursue God. We're just going to kind of talk about this one first. We're going to talk about pursuing God and really focusing in on what that looks like. Amen? So if you want a healthy relationship, if you want uh, a, a good relationship, before you say, I do, make sure that you're pursuing God. If you've already done it after you've done it, before you do, after you did, make sure that even those that are married, that you're pursuing God. So this is, this is the word. I, I, uh, I, I had this, but... Um, and then as many of you have seen, how many of you have seen about Asbury? How many of you have seen and, and seen a little bit of news clips and, and, and stories? Some of you have, not everybody. Either that or you're afraid I'm like going to call you out and make you come to the front. I'm really shocked that only like 30% of the room has. If you haven't, just Google it. Google Asbury Revival, okay? So here's what's happened. I mean, the last 11 days in uh, Kentucky, this little college, like less than 2,000 kids, um, had, they started a, a, a chapel service like any other chapel service that they would have at their Christian chapel, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 a.m., same time, same place. In fact, you watch the chapel video because I YouTubed it and you can pull it up. It's not like anything out of the ordinary or extraordinary. It's nothing that seems like it's like, wow, this is mind-blowing stuff. They didn't, they didn't create this event. They didn't manufacture anything at the uh, at the Asbury uh, at the chapel service that day, but um, you watch the end of the message. You watch the chaplain who's given this word, and he's he's beginning to talk to these kids that are in the room, and and uh, he he's just talking to them about love, and he's talking to them about what what it really means to love and and to be loved, and and he apologizes on behalf of any ch- student in the room that that has not experienced the love the way that God intended it to be. And he said, listen, my, my, my schedule is open. I have one appointment this afternoon, but other than that, my schedule is wide open. And so if you want, after this chapel service is over, if you want 
to come and talk to me. If you want me to pray with you, I, I just want you to know I'm available to you. I, I would be happy to pray with you. And he closed in prayer, and the video rolled out, and, 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 and it closed up, and that was it. And it, you didn't know anything. It wasn't like there was some kind of falling out. There wasn't some kind of like, uh, like spiritual like manifestation that you could just like sense and smell in so many ways. It was just like that. And from that moment, all we know is, is that they literally, kids started coming forward and kids started seeking God and kids started asking for prayer and praying for one another. And what turned into a, what was a one-hour chapel service in this little college town in, in the middle of Kentucky turned into 11 days of people coming from all over the country, actually even all over the world, to come and experience the Asbury Revival. So that's where we are today. That's what it is today. That's what has happened up until this point. And, and so because of that, I said, I've got I to make some changes. I've got to just say, okay, God, what, what do you want to do in us? So a, a couple of friends of mine, I, in fact, I have my, uh, they, they texted in our, our group chat because I'm a part of a network of pastors and a couple of uh, pastor friends um, that live closer to Kentucky. In fact, I actually had looked at it. I was in Central Florida this weekend, and I, I mapped it to say, how far would it be, and could I make it back in time if I went up there and made it back? It would have been a little bit of a, 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 a stretch to make that all the way up to Kentucky and back, but uh, I didn't end up. But a couple of friends of mine went, and this is their, their responses to us in the text. I would recommend every pastor take time. It is a pure, organic outflowing of the Holy Spirit. The word more kept coming up more of his presence. It's amazing to see hundreds of people being kind to one another, patiently waiting in line and striking up heartfelt conversations, some sharing testimonies of the journey from another state or country, praying for each other before they even get into the doors of the building, others breaking out in songs with strangers joining in, then at the altar seeing a young person praying over a senior adult or a senior adult praying over a student, and the smiles and joy and reverence. I feel bad even trying to describe it. That's, that's a weird thing to write, but he was intentionally putting that. I, I feel bad even trying to describe it. I, I just know I want more of him and more of that surrender in his church. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place is all I could think of the whole time, and we did not want to leave. But it is strange, too, so this is, you know, Pastor Bobby that's saying this, but it is strange, too, because you can stay as long as you feel the need, but we would see hundreds come in and stay various amounts of time to get their cup filled and then leave, us included. Then uh, Scott, another pastor that I know, went, and, and his response in the chat, because uh, he, he drove up as well, he said, yes, go if you feel led. But please don't go with any preconceived ideas about what you're going to experience. Don't go to be a spectator. Go to experience. Experience him, his presence, his fullness. Yes, more. More of him. More of his presence. More of his fullness. Love you all. So I'm driving back from, from Central Florida, uh, from meetings in Central Florida, and I'm, I'm, I'm driving back on Friday, and I'm, I, I have a sermon prepared for this, this morning, and I'm, I, I have a plan and everything in place, and it's like, God, you're going to have to give me a word. You're going to have to show me if this is something you want me to do. If you're, if you're making a change, you're going to have to make it. 
and, and I get these text messages from these pastors, and then I just get one verse. You know how many verses there are in the Bible, right? There's a lot, like uh, uh, thousands and thousands of verses in the Bible. And, and, and they drop one verse, and, and that's pretty hard for pastors because pastors are full of verses. You know, they got, all, they got an answer for everything. One verse, Matthew 5, verse 6. Matthew 5, verse 6. Beginning of Jesus's ministry, beginning of Jesus's teaching. He's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and, and it's this what's what's sometimes titled or subtitled the Beatitudes. Matthew five verse six, and this is what it says: Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is some of the word for us today. This is the reminder to us today that is what's happening in the middle of Kentucky and spreading to other parts of the country. You see, revival like this has happened a few times in the past. In, in America, it, it happened with the Great Awakening it happened with the second great awakening. There was uh, Dwight L. Moody did this, this, this thing in Chicago where he would open the chapel or the church and, and invite businessmen to gather and they would, they would do um, these meetings. These meetings grew into revivals. There's, there's th things like this in Northampton and New England and all over the country. There's the Jesus movement. That, there's a movie that's coming out this week. I encourage you to check it out that, that talks about Chuck Smith and the movement that happened there. There's lots and lots of revival stories that happen, one of which has been the Asbury Revival, because Asbury University, or Asbury College as it was known, has, has had a history of revivals, 1906, I think, and then, then uh, in the 1950s, I believe, and then for sure, 1970, about 50 years ago, there was an eight-day, excuse me, an eight-day revival, an eight-day revival that that spread, that didn't just stay in Kentucky, but it spread to college campuses around the country. Uh, people would come and they would receive and then they would take and it would, it would go to other parts of the country as, as that revival would spread. That's why they call it a revival fire. Revival fire is not just a catchy term. It's not just a, a cool way to call revival something more than revival. It's revival fire because just like a fire, it starts with a a spark and it's in smoke in a, in a small flame but then that flame if given the right fuel if given the right opportunity if given the right environment it can begin to spread and a revival fire begins to burn and, and, and encompass a people and a time and a space for longer than just a one-hour service on Sunday that's what happened in 1970, and they, they documented the things that happened in the churches that were impacted and the people that were impacted uh, all through that. And that's what we're saying, God, if you have your will and your way, then do it here. Why not here? I want to say this in the very beginning, though. This isn't something that we're going to manufacture. In the same way that I don't think that that chaplain or, or that, that university, that last Wednesday thought that they were going to create some kind of an event and, and put together all of the, the logistics necessary because they were going to minister to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. They, there was no intention in that on that Wednesday 10 days ago or 11 days ago. Any more than we will here at Renew Church. But we are saying, God, have your will. 
We are saying, God, have your way. We are just saying, God, whatever you want, if it be your will. And, and, and sometimes it happens where it spreads like that, and other times there's just no space. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the people. They, they don't make space. They don't, they don't, they don't allow for the fuel to, to cause this fire to burn or spread. But we're just saying, God, whatever you want. My prayer is, God, whatever you want. I, I can't manufacture this. I can't make this. But if it's your will, have your will. I'm going to give you a few keys. First of all, I'll talk about the things that are not key to revival, at least this revival that, that has happened at Asbury this, this current time. From what I've seen and from what I've looked at, and I've, I've spent some time watching some of the videos and, and hearing some of the testimonies from some of the different people that have been there, one of the things that's not a key to this revival is miracles. And I know that obviously it's, it's, it seems like it's got to be that anytime a revival happens and the Holy Spirit shows up, that it's got to be one of these like healing crusades. But that's not what we're seeing in Asbury. We're not seeing that it's automatic that, you know, lame are walking and blind are seeing and all of these things are happening. There might be an instance and maybe you would find one and you'd send me the link and you'd tell me, but it's not like literally the masses are showing up and they're, they're being healed. It, it's not this, this um, miraculous work of, of any kind where, where God is just changing, um, you know, things that are so tangible that you're like, wow, look, look what he's done. It's, it's not even, you know, the evidence of the Holy Spirit that sometimes we see in many charismatic movements where it's, it's the, the speaking in tongues and the falling out and being knocked over and all of those things. And not to say that there isn't a time and the scripture doesn't speak to those, but this isn't that. The key to the revival, the key to this revival that we've seen for the last 11 days, and hopefully, God willing, will we'll continue and spread beyond even Kentucky, goes, goes beyond anything that you can temporarily touch. Does that make sense? It, like, because even if God does heal you, who's to say he's going to heal you for how long, right? Because even if he... He, he causes your, your, your legs to walk today. Doesn't mean you're not going to die in 50 years, right? Or 100 years. I mean, I, I just covered everybody when I said 100 years, right? So, so, but the healing is temporary. But this is a more eternal thing. This is something that God is doing. Here's the, those are the keys of what, what's not the key. What is not key to the, the revival is miracles, healings, you know, the charismatic move of God. Again, not to say that that does not happen in many revivals, but here is the key. From what I've seen and from what I've heard and from even from firsthand experience from pastors that I've spoken to that have been there, here is the key. You know what the key is? This love. That's, that's, that's a love that's even like beyond what, what we're comprehending in our, in our current day. Uh, beyond a, a love that, that, that we're understanding um, to be, you know, just this, this, what is convenient love. You know, I love you because you love me. I, I, I love you because you have, um, you know, offered something to me. Or I love you because you're, you're my family. Or because I have to. This love that, that we're seeing in this revival that's spreading is this love that's what John talks about in 1 John chapter 4. 
1 John chapter 4, he says, Beloved, if I can get to it, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love has been made complete in us. There's one other verse that I want to share with you this morning, and it's Romans chapter 12. Pastor Deke and I, Deke pastors our Homestead campus, we were talking about this early this morning, and, and uh, this, this verse in Romans chapter 12 is what the chaplain uh, from, from Asbury preached on. He, he, he at least alluded to in his chapel sermon. Again, not the most profound message, not the most impactful, life-changing, like, wow, I've never heard that before message. But Romans chapter 12, verse 9, this is what it says. It says, love must be sincere. And I got to that this morning, and I, I literally just stopped at the first four words, and I couldn't even, I couldn't get past it. I know there's more to it than that, but I got to this, and I thought to myself, maybe that's what's missing in us. This, this lack of sincerity as a people. Love must be sincere. You guys know what insincere love looks like? Have you seen it? Have you, have you experienced it? Have people shown it to you? It's like they smile, but then when you turn your back, they do all kinds of weird stuff, or they talk about you, or say things, or... or uh, hurt you. It's insincere. The Apostle Paul says love must be sincere. He says hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. I think what we just read, this sincere love, is what's caused a service that was supposed to be a one-hour chapel service to turn into 240 hours of non-stop worship, praise, prayer, and preaching of the word. It's a people that are so hungry that, that they're just, they're, they're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. They're, they're, they're desiring to know what this, this love looks like, this, this love that is so sincere that it's, it doesn't matter what you've done to me. It doesn't matter if you're good to me or you're, 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 you've done evil to me. It's this sincere, genuine love 
I think the keys, as I said, the keys are not miracles, healings, or uh, anything else in that nature, but I think the keys are love. I think the prayer and the preparation. I think key, the keys to revival are love, prayer, and preparation. It, the prayer has to be a priority. Coming before God and saying, God, we desperately need you. We're hungry. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, oh God. Like I, I, I'm, I'm dying for you. Those that hunger and thirst, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I, I think it, it's, it's prayer. I think it's also preparation. God begins to prepare hearts and, and do what he's going to do. And, and it, it starts there. It's, it has started already there in Asbury. And who knows where it's going to go from there? Who knows who it's going to touch from that point, if it's going to touch other people? places and I and and that's my prayer that's my hope just as it did in the 1970s that it would not just stay in Kentucky but that it would spread that it would begin to spread to us and and that's why we pushed pause on a sermon series to say God have your will in your way spirit you can you can move from from one state you're not you're not held geographically by any you know distance so if you want to do something and you want to come from Kentucky and make your way to Miami have your will in your way but we're not going to manufacture this. We're not going to make this up. We're not going to try to, 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 you know, conjure this thing up. We're not going to try to figure out how to, to uh, logistically make this thing happen. It's only if it's God's will. It's only if it's God's plan. And it's only if we as his people prepare the, 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 the fuel that we give it the space, that we make the time, that we do the things that we need to do to make this a reality. It doesn't happen because a group of people say, yeah, I, I want to be on TV. In fact, look it up. They, they won't put their last names on these things. They, they, they're not allowing uh, live streaming. They, they allow like one-hour clips, but people that are, that are YouTubing it are YouTubing it like undercover and they're, they're not supposed to. They're being asked to, to honor and, and respect the, the sacred... Uh, you know, move that's happening in the service. It can't be. It can't be um, done in any other way. But we're saying, as a church, Renew Church, me as the pastor of Renew Church, God, whatever you want, however you want, make a way. Would you stand with me this morning? We, uh, I asked the worship team to just be prepared to have a, an extra extended worship set uh, for this service because it's, it's more about just saying, God, what do you want to say? God, what do you want to do in this time than even me? So we're going to sing a song. We're going to allow God to work and, and, and do what he wants to do. If you want to pray for any reason at all, you know, the, the best thing you can do to make space for God to do a work, a revival in, in this church is for you to repent, for you to turn from your ways and just say, God, I, I surrender my life to you. I give you my life. Today can be that day. Today can be the day that you come forward and just say, God, 
Start something new. You know, the, the, the worst thing about this is, is sometimes, sometimes things happen because um, we make space and we're doing it and we're, we're repentant. And sometimes things don't happen because of some people that are just, their hearts are too hard. Man, I'd love it if you just say, God, I, I surrender. I give up. I, I give you me. All of me. Today can be that day. During our so time of worship as we sing the song, if you want to come forward and pray, some would gather around you and pray with you. Maybe if, if, if you want that. If not, you can pray where you're at. But just, just be genuine in your heart that, God, I... I, I, want, I want something new to begin in me and then spread to my family, to my church, to my community, to the city, to the state. Not for, for, for us to get any recognition, not for renewed church, but God, for you to get the glory. So that's what this service has all been about. That's what it's going to continue to be about today. If you want to pray for any reason, you come. Would you bow your heads as we, uh, we pray and then we go into a time of worship? Oh God, we come before you and we say thank you for the things that you want to do, what you're doing. We thank you for the work that you've done in, in Kentucky and how it's already spreading to other uh, college campuses and in other places, oh God. We thank you for just the, the evidence of revival happening around the world. And we say, God, why not here? Why not now? If that's you, we trust you and we put this in your hands. But we're not going to manufacture it. We're not going to make it up. We're not going to manipulate this thing. It's only in your plan and in your way. And we trust you. As the leader of this church, I trust you, O oh God, to say have your will and your way. Work in hearts, I pray, as we sing, as we pray, as we worship. May you be glorified. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You sing with us.
Amen, amen, man. Let me uh, let me just read another verse that I uh, that spoke to me this this weekend, and I shared it in the first service that I just want to share with you. It's uh, in Second Kings chapter four, and it says, "The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha." So, so I didn't realize that the prophets had a company, but there is a prophet company. These guys were the professionals of prophecy, right? And, and she was the wife of one of these prophets and she cries out to Elisha who is like the prophet of God following in the, the mantle of Elijah and she says your servant my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys 
as his slaves. So in other words, this man was a great prophet of God. He was a great man of God, but he wasn't a great manager of, of God's money. He, he literally was dealing with debt. He was dealing with a, a financial struggle, and he left it to his wife. And his wife is, is there trying to figure out what to do. So she goes to Elisha, the prophet of God, and says, you got to do something because this debt is so big, they're going to take my kids. That's a big debt. That's a big debt. That's bigger than your house. That's bigger than your car. They're going to take your kids. That's how big the debt was. Talk about being desperate. She was desperate. Elisha replies to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? He says to her, and she says, your servant has nothing there at all. Like she's probably already liquidated everything. Like literally there's nothing left in the house except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. And don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. I don't know if you're kind of catching this, but this, this feels like this isn't a scene. This isn't a moment for a spectacle to happen. This isn't a, a, a watch the man of God do a miracle for this woman. It's literally, hey, in privacy, go and, and do this. And, and so she leaves him, shuts the door behind her and her sons. They bring the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. You know, the oil in, in the Bible represents the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you knew that, but that's what it represents. Oftentimes in Scripture, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. She went and told the man of God, and, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Man, here's what I need you to hear from this. I don't know what your, your, your debt is. I don't know what you're desperate for. I don't know how big it is or how bad it is, but I'm telling you, like, what you need to go get is not more of the Spirit of God. You need to go get more jars. You need to get something, because some of y'all came into church this morning with, like, a little flask. You came into church with, like, just a little bottle top, you know, and you just said, okay, if I could just get just a little bit of the Spirit of God, that's enough. That'll get me through the weekend. That'll get me through the week until next Sunday and all of that. But what I'm telling you that I'm reading out of this is, is you need to do what Elisha says to the woman, the prophet's wife, go get your jars and not just a few and not just little ones. I mean, get a trough, get a bucket, get a, a swimming pool, as somebody said in the first service. Get filled, fill up with this. If you want to experience revival, if we want to experience revival, it's got to start with me. It's got to start with, with us. It doesn't happen corporately as much as it happens individually. And in the privacy of your home and in the privacy of, 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 of your prayer time or in your car, maybe in your small group or at the Hope Center or wherever it is and whoever you are, say, God, I'm, I'm bringing forth my jars and I need you to fill them up. I need you to fill this place up. That's what happened. That's what I think happened in Kentucky. They had big jars, and they were ready for God to move, and they were so full that it was, I mean, lines and lines and people after people coming and experiencing 
the love of God in a tangible way, in a way that says, man, there, there's no denying. I mean, news channels were trying to show up. They were turning them away. People were coming everywhere because they wanted to see what God was doing. And you know what God was doing? He was showing them how to love. We need to do that. We need to do that in real and tangible ways. Would you pray with me this morning? Oh God, we, uh, we come before you. And uh, we just say again, thank you for uh, your presence and your work in our hearts and in our lives. I thank you for uh, the, the heart work that's happening in, in individuals. Father, I pray that we would make room, that we would make space, that we would say, Holy Spirit, just show up in us, in me, in my family, in my church, oh God, your church, in this community, oh God, just do a work in us. I, I repent of anything that's unright, that's not right, God, and I hunger and I thirst for righteousness. Help us to be a people that hunger and thirst for righteousness because if you do you'll be filled I God I, I just say thank you for the the good things that are happening in in this church and I just say God why not us why not now if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today can be the day of salvation today can be the day that you make that declaration and we wouldn't miss a service especially a service like this of not giving you that opportunity to ask Jesus to become Lord and Savior of your life. It's a simple prayer. We sometimes call it the prayer of salvation or the sinner's prayer, but it's a prayer that goes like this. And if you don't know Jesus, I invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've made mistakes. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, cleanse me, wash me, purify me. Today, I declare you as my Lord. I declare you as my Savior. Today, I, I choose to live for you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me as I walk in this journey. Faith trusting you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you prayed that prayer today if that was you today would you just lift your hand so i can acknowledge it if that was you praise god come on let's give god praise for what he's doing anybody else praise god i see your hand praise god we want to help you take next steps there's a next steps table on the way out this morning that that's right around the corner we'd love to get you a bible help you grow we just, we want this to not be the, the end, but the beginning of a walk with God, a relationship with God. Those, those people at Asbury, they, they're closing down the revival is what I'm hearing. They're closing it down as far as like the in-person meetings at the chapel at Asbury at Hughes Auditorium. But that's not the end of the revival. The revival's spreading. It's a fire that's going to spread. And why not here? Why not us? Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. I'm going to invite Mikey to come back up and, and we'll close out with our announcements. How are we doing, church?
wasn't too bad. It started off a little bit and then it kind of picked up. There we go. But man, praise God for what he's doing, right? I mean, what's going on in Asbury is it's crazy. It's like this doesn't happen all the time. Like I, I'm, I'm mind blown because like we may be witnessing like another great revival in America. Like, and the timing is crazy because like there's this movie coming out, The Jesus Revolution, that was talking about the revival that happened in the 60s. And it's like these things really only happen like every 50 years. And like we're, we're kind of there, we're kind of overdue. And to see this happening at a college with a bunch of Gen Z, you know, Gen Z, like, you know, I, I love Gen Z, I'm the youth pastor, but they are like the least Christian generation of all time. And to see this break out and people just flooding there, it's, it's a work of God. It's a work of God. It's, it's unbelievable. So just continue to pray for that. Continue to pray for, for revival and that, man, God would, God would do an, an, another amazing thing in our country and, and in this generation. And, and, man, what a blessing. What an honor. If it's still going on, I might, I might take a trip to Kentucky, bro. Like, I'm not even lying. I want to see what's going on. I want to be a part of what God is doing. Um, man, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So seamless transition. Let's get into some announcements, right? That wasn't awkward at all, right? Um, no, but we got some we got some things going on here. We new church, some things we want to let you guys know um, immediately after the service. Once you head out in the carport, you're gonna notice that we're selling um, our t-shirts. We it's it's uh, merch Sunday. We've got some really cool designs. The t-shirts are really really good uh, material, super comfortable. They don't shrink. They're really really good t-shirts. Um, not only that, but it's a good billboard. It's a good way to kind of rep our church. And, and, and when you're out in public, people see the shirt. They say, man, that's a cool shirt. Where is that? And it's an opportunity to let them know about your church. Let them know, hey, man, you can you can pick one up too. Just come to my church on Sunday. It's, it's a good opportunity to just share um, some info about the church that you go to. So pick up a shirt. Check them out if you'd like to. And also we want to let you know that next weekend, February 26th, we're having a Nerf war for the kids. And I see that there's some kids in here, right? So do are the kids, are you excited for that? Wow, that was that was a great response. That was wow. That was. You guys excited? Crickets, 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 crickets. No, no. But seriously, Nerf Wars is next weekend. It's going to be an unbelievable thing for the kids. Um, it's a great opportunity to invite families that typically wouldn't come to church for any other reason, but they got some kids, and and Nerf Wars sounds like something fun. Invite that family, get them here, whatever it takes. It's going to be an unbelievable thing. The kids can bring their Nerf Wars. Only thing is, we can't promise that you will not get hit in the face by a rubber bullet. So bring some goggles, bring a helmet, something that they know. But it's going to be an amazing thing. Tell your friends, tell your family. It's going to be a really cool thing. Lastly, if you want to give to Renew Church, just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 786 565 one one six five would you pray with me lord we thank you for this day god we thank you for what you're doing god we thank you for um god just bringing revival we thank you for for bringing the topic of god to the minds of many people in our country god what, a, what an awesome thing lord um, God, we pray for the offering this morning. God, we pray that you would continue to, to, God, expand your kingdom and help us do the mission of Jesus in this church, oh God. And I pray that you would bless those that give, bless those that worship you in this way, Father. You know our needs. You know what's going on, Father. We love you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bye, guys. See you next week.